Hello and welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast. This is episode 178, season four wrap. That's a wrap. Oh my word. Are we really wrapping up season four? Crazy. Insane. Guys, welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast where we talk about how the gospel is good news for everyone. Everyone. Every day. I am your host, Lori Creek, and guess who is in studio? Matt Creek. Hi. Hi, Matt. <laughs> if you guys are watching us on the video, you just saw him do a big goofy grin and a wave. Uh, that's right. We, most of these, sometimes Lori forgets to push record. Most of these I push record and we have video to show you on YouTube. Just search up Lori Creek and you can find it or go to LoriCreek.com and you can find the podcast episode page and watch it and listen to not only Matt Creek and me, but also producer Steve. Steve, welcome. Hi, guys. I almost just called you Steve Craig, but... I mean, you <laughs> That know. is my dad's name. That is your dad's That's name. That's true. And you are part of the family. Yeah. Forever family, Steve. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, if you have been a longtime listener of this podcast, you know that when it's just the three of us, we get weird. So buckle your seatbelts, kids, because we're doing a season wrap and the three of us like each other in real life, so we get weird. Um, today we are going to be exploring some of your favorites. When I say you, I'm talking to you all listening. Uh, so, so these are some of the top played episodes of this last season, which what was the last season? It's like episode 133 to 178, which is today. Uh, so we're going to go back and just pick some of the most listened to ones that you guys liked, seems like, because there's lots of listens. And then some of our favorites um, that may or may not have had the most downloads, but we still like them. Uh, but before we dive into some season recap, your favorites, then our favorites, I wanted to encourage you all to take the podcast episode survey. Uh, I take that super seriously. Um, I'm already getting some feedback from you guys. I just posted it on the Hole in My Heart podcast Facebook page. You guys can find that and ask to join at any old time. But I just posted it, got a bunch of responses already, and we're getting some feedback, including more Matt. Where is Matt? Where was he this season? Where yeah. was he, Steve? <laughs> he was home with the kids a lot of times. A lot of times. A lot of times. <laughs> I feel like I'm on season like three and a half. I know. Yeah. I got like 20 episodes to catch up with you guys. We had some babysitting challenges during this COVID season, blah, blah, blah. I think we're going to be blaming COVID for like the next 17 years, but it was true. Uh, so thanks, Matt. And then we're also getting some feedback just on what you guys are wanting, including more interaction, some Q&A. You guys want more Q&A where we take your top questions and Matt and I really dive into them. Steve too. Steve, you matter. We like you. <laughs> um, but if you guys are like, no, no Q&A. Okay, go find the survey on the podcast episode page. Take the 10 question survey and let us know what you think. Okay, just a tiny little reflect on season four. Okay, again, we say this at the end of every season and at the beginning of every season. Can you believe we are on season four? Steve, let's go. Let's just talk. Let's just shoot the breeze. Well, I mean, like I was looking back at some of the early episodes and I was like, wow, that was just this year what a year yeah what a year what a year um so yeah so it's just crazy just to think of all the different topics we've covered mm -hmm. the different uh you know guests we've talked to and in the middle of it maybe toward the front half um there was this there was this book that came out <laughs> 
And I mean, like that was all within season four. I know. Right? We wrote a book and it came out. I can't believe that it's was crazy. this last year. I know. I know. I'm thinking of like Oz Guinness that we interviewed. I remember my dad and helping me interview him. And I'm like, you guys, some of the behind the scenes, I was like so freaking out. I was like, what is going to happen right now? What are we going to say? But it turned out. It turned out. Um, that was a great conversation. Mm-hmm. We had Jamie Grace, Josh McDowell, Scott Sauls, Mark Yarhouse. Matt, when you reflect on the last year when you were not with the kids, what do you think about the last season? I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you. Like, it's it's a lot of what Steve was saying. Like, I can't believe how many people we've we've interviewed. Well, I can't believe how many people you've interviewed and <laughs> I've gotten to, to be a listener to. Um, but it's just, it, I didn't even think we would last to season two, let alone finishing up season four. And so mm-hmm. it's just a testament to the fact that God told you to do this and it's continuing. Well, one of the feedback pieces that I saw today was someone said that they felt seen by this podcast. So mm. really, y'all, you listeners, I keep fighting the urge to say y'all. I don't know. Maybe I'm from Texas. I'm just going to just take it. But y'all listeners, you all, I'm so, we're so thankful for you. We've um, had like 150,000 downloads this season, which to big fish, that's nothing to us. We see each one and we see each of you listeners each week um, from the U.S. to Turkey, to Uganda, to New Zealand, to Cyprus. I know some of you in each of these places. We've had conversations on email. Um, and I've loved this last year. We have started a new initiative. If you support the podcast, which is really supporting the ministry that we're doing uh, every month, Matt and I are actually having a conversation with mm-hmm. some of you listeners from all around the world, a Q&A. It's about 30 to 45 minutes, uh, the last Wednesday of the month. So if you guys go to lauricreek.com slash partner and you support us at 15 bucks or more a month, I'm gonna throw you onto our prayer team email list, which I share real prayer requests there about like, please pray for this. And I watch, we watch mm-hmm. things happen before we go on speaking uh, events or after. And so you're going to j- jump onto that prayer team list. And you're also going to be able to have the opportunity to watch in real time, engage uh, top three Q&A questions that we receive from you all as partner supporters. And you can watch it in real time or you can watch it later. Um, and you can watch any of the ones that we've done throughout the year. And we've also, I just, a little reflection. I know at the beginning of COVID, we're like, are we going to (laughs) die? I think at some point we're going to run out of food. Like Matt and I were really freaking out. Um, And you all jumped in. And one of the ideas you listeners had was, can you get sponsored, Lori? And I didn't know how to do that. (laughs) But God lined up. Um, a, a partner, the Christian Standard Bible. And so we've started running ads. They're going to support through our summer series. So this is a little preview, guys. We usually take a break in the summer, but we're actually going to go back through from season one until the end of season four. And we're going to pick some of our favorite episodes or some of your favorites. Again, that Hold My Heart podcast Facebook page. We just recently asked you guys what's been some of your favorites over the last four seasons, hard to pick, but just maybe what are some of the essence? What really gives you the good meat of what we're doing? So I'm thinking episode 24, some of those Broken Beloved Pastors series. Uh, I, I, Steve and Matt will have to talk off mic about which ones you think that we need to put in the summer series, but um, we're gonna be sponsored over our summer series, which I'm really excited about. Uh, 
And one last thing to note, we did have our first live event that got switched so many times from like a big deal to something online, but I'm proud of us. And we're really thankful for you listeners because there's no point in us just sitting around chatting, even though we do like each other, uh, if it isn't for you guys. All right, let's jump into the listener favorites from this season. Uh, Matt, why don't you roll us out with the first one? Yeah, this first one is episode 147 with uh, Dr. Mark Yarhouse and just uh, such an important conversation that, that we're having with him about gender and about just the emergence of all these new gender identities that, that, are, that are just going on around us that we need to be in conversation with. I mean to be a resource to people in my congregation who are navigating complex issues in their lives. And here's somebody who's announcing to me a decision and never felt like they could come to me in the process. So I'm gonna do a little bit of stepping back and say, I don't know that the ministry approach we're taking to shepherding people is meeting people where they are. Because when you have to announce a kind of a final decision of a, uh, I was facing this, you know, fork in the road that was like a crisis for me, maybe existentially, spiritually, psychologically, and I was facing this, and I didn't bring anybody in from the church, or at least from the elders and shepherding and pastors. I'd want to look at, I want to, rather than look at them and say, can we make sure that you do the right thing? I'm going to look at myself and say, what, where are we not connecting in ministry? Mm-hmm. The people don't even see us as people that could, that could be a part of that conversation. So Matt, help us understand what he was talking about there. Well, yeah, I mean, when someone comes to you and is, is saying like, I'm wrestling with my gender identity or, or how I identify and, and the first reaction is just this, either, either a hard line theological stance or, or when people are saying like, I have this wrestling thing and I know that I can't go to the church. Like I'm, I'm going to go anywhere but the church. That just really speaks to, to the level of, I guess, lack of care that we have shown in this conversation and just to, to be able to care for people who are in a just season of, of massive, massive implications and in, in decision-making and, and to allow the church to be part of it. Well, and I think he was directly uh, addressing a question that I asked him because I had been asked, you know, a pastor, someone came to him and they're like, I'm about to transition. Uh, and he's just like caught off guard. And so that really, exactly what you're saying, Matt, that speaks to, you know, I've, I've alluded to this for years is it feels like LGBT people, and it doesn't just feel like it, most LGBT people uh, know about their wrestling for five years before revealing Mm -hmm. or coming out. And so silent, 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 and then big explosive, they feel like their only thing, it doesn't have to be explosive, but often it feels like our only option is to exit the church. This is what I'm doing, I'm transitioning, I'm doing this. And then we can feel so caught off guard as a church, but what we're trying to do in this podcast, what our friends at Center for Faith are doing, at guiding families, et cetera, um, they're, we're trying to be proactive to try and be, and our friend Mark Yarhouse is trying to be proactive to make the church a place where it's safe to wrestle with things. And one of the primary ways we can do that is to really stop worshiping at the feet of marriage and to start worshiping at the feet of Jesus and seeing marriage and singleness as equally valuable vocations, ways that we can fulfill the mission to make disciples because... If marriage is the only option, if that's the way, the truth, and the life, 
<laughs> no one can come to church except if you're married. <laughs> what happens if we're wrestling, you know, well, even if you're not wrestling with your sexuality, if you're single and straight, what if God is calling you to that? But you're like, well, I have to get married. That's the only way. No, that's not the goal of our lives, guys. It's to, to love God with our our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so if we're really that family of God, where the ground is level at the foot of the cross, I'm just saying that would make me feel a little bit more um, secure to come forward with whatever I'm wrestling through, whether it's gender, sexuality, if I really felt like the church was family. Okay, we're talking about your favorites now. <laughs> I don't need to preach. Okay, I really loved talking with Kurt Thompson. This is the third time we had him on. Uh, he's the soul of shame guy. He talks about shame, and we said, how can we shred shame in a pandemic, Kurt? And what I loved, what you're going to hear in this clip, is he talks about how looking at the problem activates parts of our brain that make us not be able to unpack the problem. We have to ask a different question. Here he is. To identify the world as a problem to be fixed, to identify a, like a problem in my marriage, for instance, that's a completely different question and accesses and turns on a completely different set of neural structures in the brain than to ask the question, what do I want to create here? Hmm. What do I want to make here? When I ask the question, what's the problem? Though subtle, I become more anxious. When I ask the question, what is the act or artifact of beauty that we want to create, I have a different emotional response to this. Now, I might get anxious later on for other kinds of reasons, but it's not about creating beauty. That's a whole, that's about like, I'm afraid this is not gonna be good enough. I'm afraid this is gonna be, I'm gonna make mistakes. There's gonna be paint all over the room. It's still kind of like the part of me that's working primarily out of my left logical kind of analytic condemning brain as opposed to my right hemisphere that really wants to know what is this thing that I want to make. Such a genius. It's so easy to focus on the problem, but it makes us unable because we get so anxious about it to even work on the problem. Guys, what mm -hmm. do you think about this? Well, I mean, you honestly have no idea as a counselor how much this kind of sentence this, this little clip that he just said about just that refocusing on the beauty that you want to create, the, the artifact, I think is what he called it. Um, how, how many times I've had to like shift my line of questioning, you know, with, with working with couples, mm -hmm. you know, as, as we might be diving into, yes, some of the problems and some of the things that have gotten people to this place of like, pain in their marriage and to really refocus on, okay, we're not, let's not just live here. Yes, we need to identify, but let's not live here. And let's, let's focus on, yeah, what do you want your marriage to look like? What do you want to create? You know, and, and how much, how much good that is done. And I've been able to see it and I'm really thankful for, for Kurt Thompson and, and just being able to like put words to that and like make that a focus. Yeah. And I mean, like, I'm not a counselor, but it hit me similarly as like a paradigm shift from, uh, we gotta, you know, there are, there are problems to be fixed. Mm -hmm. Um, and fixing to me feels like s pressure. It feels like stress to have to fix something that's broken versus what do we want to create out of this 
you know, um, situation we find ourselves in. Mm. It, it's much more proactive, I guess. So that, I think that really meant a lot to me. Mm. Steve, third most popular one uh, with our audience. Which one was that? Yeah, it was John Mark Comer. Um, he wrote this book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I just really liked what he had to say. I mean, it really meant a lot to me also, just this idea of uh, we, we, we are in such a stress-driven society, or it, that's how it seems anyway, uh, or we're a, a, a busyness-driven society. And um, I don't know, just some of the stuff he had to say in addressing that and kind of how un-Jesus and unbiblical that is mm-hmm. um, really meant a lot. Here he is. So in the old metrics, you knew if you were a good person, if you were faithful to your spouse and you raised your children well, and you worked hard that day. In the new metrics, you know if you're a good person, so to speak, based on how many Instagram followers you have, how cool you are, how beautiful you are, how successful you are. These are brutal, punishing metrics that produce massive anxiety, fear, and existential angst in people, Mm -hmm. which is why I think much of the gospel for millennials and Gen Z going forward will be a better way to do identity. Because the New Testament, in particular the writer Paul, uses the gospel to do some really sophisticated identity work where your identity is not how many followers you have on Instagram or what your career is or how creative or artistic you are. Your identity is who you are loved by and it's the role that you play in the family of God. And this is a radical, this, I think that is radically good news for a generation that's anxious about its identity. Our identity, who we're loved by yeah. and our role in the family of God. I was just... Uh, right before coming here, I had work to do, and instead I just started reading and writing, which is good soul care for me. Don't do it enough. But reading the Bible and writing for fun. <laughs> and this verse struck me again. It's John seventeen twenty four. Well, I'll start with 23. Uh, I've given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are. I and them and you and me all being perfected into one then the world will know that you sent me and will understand that you love them as much as you love me. Do you guys know that the Father loves you as much as he loves Jesus? Hmm. Like, just think about that. God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. What if we lived like that? Like, do you, do you Steve, and do you, Matt, Live your life knowing that. And what if you did? It would change everything. Yeah. Like how? Like how how do you see it? Like I started trying to write that out. Like how would I approach the world differently if I actually knew it and believed it? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think one of the first things for me would be I wouldn't have to put as much pressure on myself. Um, You know, and if the God of the universe, the creator of all things absolutely loves me as much as he loves his, his son. Um, I wouldn't put my safety in money, Yeah, you know, and, and the things that can, can easily make me feel at ease, you know, and, and the number in the bank account, I feel okay at this number. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which it's easy to say like, yeah, I shouldn't rely on that. I shouldn't look at that. I shouldn't, focus on that. 
you know, but it's so, so subtle. The, yeah. the shift of like, oh, you get a bill and then it's like, oh, you go to the bank to pay the bill and you see the number and then the anxiety just like, ah, yeah. starts. And, and so I think for me, like really realizing that it would, it would help me not focus on that and then not have to strive and strive and strive to try and get to a certain number to be okay. Yeah. And I'd be a lot freer to focus on relationships with my kids. <laughs> Yeah. I, for me, there would be um, a lot of what you said, Matt, there would be less uh, striving and trying to prove something and uh, less stress about not, you know, measuring up, less regret about the ways I'm, you know, trying to artificially deal with the stress I feel, you know, and numbing strategies and there would be more just like knowing it's safe to be who I am and take, you know, not being in a hurry and just taking time with what is really important. Yep. I agree with all that. Just the less striving. Mm -hmm. I need to meditate on this more. And I don't say that to strive to meditate on it more. I just was like, man, it just keeps hitting me. Okay. Now our favorites. We love all the ones that we just mentioned. And really, we I just enjoyed this season. Uh, Steve, I'd love to hear from you first. I actually don't know who, who you picked. Yeah. What's your fave? Well, uh, the aforementioned uh, book that came out oh. this past year. Um, <laughs> one of the many things in the book that really, really struck me was the gardens metaphor, which we you know, spent uh, a whole stretch of episodes addressing each one of those. And... Uh, I'm sorry there isn't a variety of voices because it's you guys. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, mostly um, just talking about how, how valuable it is to have these different categories of, of relating. In the context of my life, when I read the book, it was between me and Kelly. Mm -hmm. And we talked about, you know, what does it look like for us to be shoulder to shoulder working these uh, gardens with Jesus? Um, and anyway, so you guys in, in this little clip talk about the value of having the different categories, I guess. Matt, as a dude, if I was to come with to you and be like, hey, this is, you know, I'm not really feeling close and didn't start it with we need to talk. Um, what was like, hey, here's what I'm seeing. Um, how would that make you feel? A couple things. A, I'm always scared. Okay. Emotionally, I'm always like, oh no, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> anytime talking happens. <laughs> anytime the talking happens, I'm a little <laughs> bit nervous. Um, no, but I, I think starting it and, and having a tangible thing like, hey, I'm not feeling close here. Oh, yeah. Because that doesn't, that doesn't mean that I'm not feeling close at all or our whole relationship is terrible. It's just... I need to tend this garden. I need you to tend this garden with me. Yes. And, and so it, it becomes much more of, a, of an inviting, like, hey, I would like to talk because I want to develop closeness. Uh, so the reason that struck me, first of all, Matt, just uh, your vulnerable uh, admission that there's panic or there's fear whenever there's the you know, initiation of those conversations. But also, I think bigger than that even is, has been for both me and Kelly when I feel something's not right, something's wrong, uh, instead of being like our marriage is a problem, you know, uh, we can kind of identify it's this 
garden. I need your help with the emotional garden or, you know, when it has something going on with our kids, let's work on the family garden together, you know, and um, to be able to say we're doing great in, you know, like the stewardship garden or whatever it is. Um, and we're doing great in the spiritual garden, uh, but we could really use, you know, some work in this other one. I think that's been really helpful to have those categories. Well, and it relates back to what Thompson said, just what are we creating as opposed to everything's garbage. (laughs) It's even addressing, okay, these are problem areas, but it's like we're cultivating. It's a positive We're creating beauty and fruit and yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts on that, Matt? Yeah, well, and I I just think the all or nothing kind of mentality that, that saying like, oh, hey, our relationship is awful or I don't feel close or whatever. If it doesn't have like this, I don't know, defined space, like you can, I, I've borne witness to people who are like trying and they're striving to like connect in a certain way with their spouse and their spouse might respond with, well, I don't feel close to you. And they're like, well, what can I do? You know, and so without the garden, without like having some some level of like distinction like it just becomes this like well what's what's the point it's almost like this all or nothing either we're close and i do everything perfectly which is impossible or there's like nothing good and Mm -hmm. and so to have that more defined more like described space it's just it's so helpful and so i'm glad you i'm glad you liked it yeah yeah it still comes up in conversations with with kelly a lot so yeah it Thank comes you. up in our conversations. We did this weekend. It's where we're talking. We're like, something feels off with the family. So now we're incorporating mm-hmm. the kids in it more. And I was like, what is it? And I was like, which garden? I'm like, all the gardens. But it was, we started using the phrase, like, it just feels like the nutrients have been sucked out. And so we mm-hmm. just, we were able to say, okay, which ones though? Or just like that we need to pour more life back in uh, to be able to produce more fruit. Um Sorry to be very pluggy today, but I really want to help people. So Matt and I are doing a new thing called marriage intensive retreats. What is a marriage intensive retreat? We just created that. Yeah, we did. We just came up with that phrase. Uh, Not like just the second, but we are just uh, in our brainstorming session with our team. What is it? It's intense. It wrote not intense. It Could sounds be. like an intense marriage retreat. Or <laughs> 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 we're going to have to work on the communication garden or something. I don't know. Uh, no, but it's intentional like an intensive, but it's restful like a retreat. And so we're launching one the weekend of September 12. It's a Thursday through Sunday, and we only have seven spots. We already have seven couples interested. They haven't signed in the dotted line yet, but that's, I've only done word of mouth. But if that is something you all are interested in, uh, yes, this is for married people right now. We do have other events that we're doing that are for single and married people. Um, but if you're interested in that, email us. We're just starting this. If you're like, dude, I'd love to learn more about that garden stuff. I'd love to work with Matt and Lori and try and dive into this place uh, in in a beautiful luxury cottage on the water in Michigan. Um, Please email us because we're honestly just genuinely curious if y'all have an interest. Okay, Matt Krieg, of the season four, which episode was your fave? Yeah, I really liked the interview that we did with Rashawn Copeland. So if someone's listening right now and maybe they oh, I've read the Bible, I already did open. I'm not going to have that moment he has. So yeah. just speak to them to start where they are right now. Love that. A lot of times um, I feel like 
one of the biggest struggles for me. I, I wouldn't go to God as I actually was. I always went to him how I pretended to be. Like, and I just want to encourage someone, just go to him with a broken and contrite heart. Like that's what that's the sacrifice he loves. Come to him uh you know, with all your mess, all your brokenness, and he'll meet you there. And he wants to, he's longing. He says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. And I I just think that's so important. And even if you feel like too dirty, you're not too dirty to be cleansed. You're not too broken to be fixed. You're not too unworthy to be loved. Just come to God as you are and he'll take you where you need to be. And that's the idea of the message. And, you know, he does come before we're ready. And I just love that. <laughs> what you, do you like you, about you it? Are not, you are not too dirty to be cleansed. You're not too broken to be fixed. You are not too unworthy to be loved. Like, I wish everyone knew that, mm-hmm. you know, just intrinsically. And Rashawn was such, he was such a good interview. There's such a life to him. And so mm-hmm. I think that's, that was one of the big things. It was just, there was such a vibrancy to, to the way he was speaking. And it just, it just stood out to me this year. It's worth a listen, guys, if you don't know his story about how he found Jesus. I think he had a gun in his mouth, or at least something. And then he read something on Facebook, and it just was the the start to um, really finding Jesus. All right, one of my favorites, um, I really just, I want to give a shout out to Felicia Masonheimer and Rachel Joy Welcher. Those were two women who really spoke to my heart. I know we've had a lot of guys uh, featured today, um, but they really, um, I just appreciated their perspective on engaging the purity culture and engaging um, feminism and how can we do that in a biblical way? Again, some of the feedback I'm already getting from you all on this last season was like, do a deep dive on all the things you engaged with Felicia. Um, if you guys haven't heard that one, just give it a, it's like a survey of every issue related to women. And she handled it with, uh, I said aplomb was the word I used in the description, um, but she did really well. So I'm really thankful for that. But maybe we'll do a deep dive into each of those conversations. Rachel Joy Welcher, I love how she approached um, purity culture without bitterness. Her book is so beautiful. It's honest, but it's not like burn the whole church down. It's so like, guys, let's do better. So thank you to both Felicia and Rachel. Uh, One of my favorite moments from this season is a little bit of a longer clip that we want to share with you guys now. And it's from Aaron and Jamie Ivey. We were surprised by this episode because we didn't expect it to pivot and get so raw and real. I should have expected it. They're amazing people. Um, But it was a really beautiful moment. Play that moment, Steve. I got diagnosed with clinical depression, and it's something that I knew I had, had struggled with for so long. But because I was an overachiever and still am, I could just like cope with that by like pushing through and and trying to be impressive and overworking. And so I've always known, I mean, I've always known that there's been just like this dull sense of sadness and loneliness that I've always dealt with, but that was exposed through COVID and it came out even more to where it was something that was like, I couldn't deal with it on my own. All the coping mechanisms that I had for so long, for 40 years, just they stopped working like overnight. 
And so that played into a lot of the conflict that Jamie and I had. I was like depressed and I was hiding it from other people. Um, I was hiding it from Jamie. Um, and so then when you're overworking and then you're also working really hard to hide something, then it's exhausting. And so a lot of our, we can look back and go, man, a lot of our conflict came from something that I was dealing with mm-hmm. that first I had to kind of like wrestle to the ground and I had to get help through therapy and through medication before we could ever work on how that played out into our marriage. So yeah, I think it totally starts with kind of the, the person dealing with who they are and what, what they are kind of going through because that always plays out into the marriage eventually. Yeah. Do you, do you mind? I thank you so much for like your real vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, do you mind if I ask you a, a question that I ask a lot of my clients? Can, I, can I put on it's the therapist get, hat for a second? About to get real. So, do I have to pay for this? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, do, do you mind? No, no. Okay, not perfect. paying, but perfect. Asking. Yeah, do you mind paying? No. <laughs> yeah. So, so oftentimes, and and you brought up with your depression, like you didn't want to share with anyone. You wanted to hide it. You wanted, and and that led you to a space of isolation. Um, oftentimes, in places of conflict or avoidance, we we're operating under this like unconfronted assumption about ourselves or about someone else, or about our spouse, maybe. Um, what was that assumption about Jamie? maybe that you were having to confront before you felt comfortable opening up with your depression? Mm-hmm. I think the assumption was that Jamie needed me to have all my junk together. I think mm-hmm. that was the, the driving assumption because that's what I assume about everyone in my life is that they need me to be somebody, um, that they love me because of what I do for them and not just for who I am. Um, so that's something that I've had to really like untangle uh, in my relationship with Jamie and honestly in my relationship with every person um, that I can, I can actually be in loved. I can be loved and I can be valuable to someone just for who I am, not for what I do for them. This one got me in the jugular or the heart, just really deep in the heart because Matt, you know, some of the conversations we've been having and you prayed so sweetly this morning um, over me. I didn't even ask for prayer for this, but just that I would know my value outside of what I do. And I think we've just been working so stinking hard. I'm sure probably everybody listening, Steve, you too. And um, just working so stinking hard. And there's something, if you are in a helper role, listening, like a caregiver role, COVID was brutal to, to, to everybody. And I think maybe some of us in the helper role just really kind of numbed our own hearts at certain points during the last year and just gave, 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 gave. And I don't know about you guys, but now that things are opening up, I'm like, wait, now everything has to start and have to be normal. And I just, I feel lost in my heart. Like I feel like my only value is what I do and what I can give for people. So there's some vulnerability. Um, I wouldn't say I'm wrestling with clinical depression right now, which thank you, Jesus. I've been in those stages, but that's something I'm taking to the Lord right now, which is why maybe I was meditating on John 17 so sweetly. Um, So I don't have a bow on that one. I just really appreciated his relating there. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts, Steve and Matt? Well, I could also relate um, to what he was talking about and um, this is like what you just said, Lori, this has just been, this year's really done a number on, on me 
and um, I'm coming out of it. I feel like I just had a very, very restorative long weekend that I needed way more than I realized. Mm. Um, so a lot of what we're talking about and a lot of what we have been talking about for this last year really kind of is beginning to come to my conscious awareness and it's, it's good, but you know, this year has taken a toll. So yeah, so I agree with you. I would just echo what you said and I did really, really appreciate hearing Mm-hmm. his vulnerability and how he shared. Mm-hmm. What about you, MK? Yeah, I mean and and you've you've heard this, but I mean, this has been a hard year. It's been it's been very busy. It's been very successful as far as like, you know, the world would consider just with having a full client load and everything, but you know, I think back to December, you know, around the time that we had, you know, this particular interview with them. And I was like really wrestling, really struggling with having a waiting list and feeling like I needed to bend over backwards and open up every hour of my time in order to like get people into counseling and, and just really having to wrestle with that, that same thing that he was talking about, that, that they will love me for what I do or that it's somehow my responsibility to, to be the one to create change kind of in these people's lives. And, and I was wrestling with, honestly, what would have been devastating to my own in order to make that happen. Wait, what would have been devastating to your own? Oh, if, if I opened up every single hour of the day oh, yeah. to clients and had nothing for, for myself, nothing for our family. Like it would have been devastating, not just, not just for my life, but I mean, for the life of our kids, for, for the, and your clients, for our marriage. Oh, and not to, not to mention, I would have had absolutely nothing like in the tank to give to them at all, you know? And, and so there, there's just this, yeah, I think we, we all need to kind of take a step back and, and confront the normal, the normal thoughts that we have of like, what is our role, you know, in this life when there's pain, especially, you know, because we can, we can easily go into helper mode and, and just leave, leave nothing for God and maybe even get in the way of what he's doing by trying to do something on our own strength. Mm. Okay, guys. Um, last toss question to both the audience uh again please fill out that survey and and on the survey i ask you this question which it's this what do you want to see us explore in the next season uh which guests should we interview or which conversations should we toss around Stephen, matt anything any areas you'd like to dive into or any guests you'd like to interview uh well i mean this isn't to say that we haven't covered this, you know, and, and what, and it's kind of broad. I mean, I'm, I'm just now thinking about this question like right now, Yeah. but where, where I've been over the last several weeks, I guess I'd say is, um, just thinking like, how do we really be the church? Like, how do we move from being like passive spectators, Mm. um, and leaving the heavy lifting to the paid professionals and really Nothing against paid professionals if yeah. there are any in our yes. audience. Thank you. Yes, I'm <laughs> right. sure I know there are. Yes. Right, right. Yes. But you know what I mean? Like um yeah. just really getting 
um, into the game and letting the Holy Spirit be our leader, letting mm-hmm. Jesus be our leader, um, but then actually doing the work of what he's got us here for. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so that's real broad. Uh, but I, I do, I feel like it's time to exercise our gifting to like be more led by the Holy spirit and, uh, be the force that I think Jesus meant the church to be Mm -hmm. and to be one with, Mm -hmm. you know, with one another, with him as Mm -hmm. he is with the father. That's his, that's his. That's his deal. That's his deal. So, mm-hmm. well, and I'm sure the paid professionals, the leaders of the church, are like, "Yes, for the love, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> let's use our gifts." Mm-hmm. That's good, Steve. I got those same questions. What's the church about, and how can we do this thing? Yeah. Yep. I, I think one of the things that's that I'm really interested in hearing is is we often, not even often. I mean. Uh, we, we have a very Western perspective on, on what it means to be the church, which, yeah, has become something of, of a, a spectator Sunday. And so I, I think it would be really interesting, and I don't know how we would maybe get connected with the right people, but what does the church look like in other parts mm-hmm. of the world hmm. with how they're doing it, with how they're handling the hopefully day-in, day-out walk of, of what it means to be a Christian in, in other places that are not here in the States or, or kind of Western European cultures. Yeah. I love that. And that's, um, I'm starting at Wheaton this summer, and those are some of the questions I want to explore is like some of the books that I've chosen for some of the papers is ex- exactly what is the church? How can we do it? Hmm. What's it look like around the world? I make no promises of solving it, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I think what is so awesome about this platform is if we're curious about it and if our audience is curious about it, then I'm sure there's others who are curious about it who are willing to at least engage the questions. Um, I'm excited because the plan right now, I still want to pray into this, the first uh, part of season five um, Matt and I, uh, want to do a discipleship series. I've been, I'm, I'm into discipleship right now. Um, it is, and, and that's really a lot of what we're doing in the ministry is teaching people how to do this regenerative thing. And so even as we're wrestling personally with what is a church, how does this look? Uh, we're, we're still discipling people and being discipled. And so, um, and still, we're still doing the church thing, guys. Don't worry about it. Um, But we're just asking questions. So we want to just share with you some of our things that we're learning as we're walking alongside LGBT people, as we're walking alongside each other, as people are walking alongside us. And we really want to engage some of your top questions about how to walk alongside yourself and others. And so um, I'm excited for this discipleship series. Lord willing. (laughs) Now we're going to start around August, September. Uh, We'll keep you posted with the dates. Okay. I think that's the wrap on the wrap, the season (laughs) wrap. Um, Guys, thanks so much for being a part of this. Matt, Steve, thanks for being a part of the family. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So grateful for you two and for you, our audience. Okay, guys, for all of us here at the Hold My Heart podcast, we'll see you next season.